Welcome to Respect Life Radio. My name is Deacon Jeff Bennett with Catholic Charities of the Archdiocese of Denver. And remember, you can listen to all of our shows at respectliferadio.com. Today, our very special guest is Father Quan Tran, a Roman Catholic priest for the Diocese of Orange in California. Father Tran is also currently the parochial vicar at St. Bonaventure Parish in Huntington Beach, author of the book Imitation of Mary, which we're going to talk about extensively today. And Father, you are also the secretary of the pastoral provision for Bishop Kevin Van. Is that correct? That is correct. I wear I wear many hats. Did I miss anything? Well, I mean, I I um, <laughs> I have this apostolate call, fullness of grace, and uh, and I, I do other things too. But I don't think we have time for to go into all that. Okay. And before I forget, because I I usually do, because I get so wrapped up in conversation. Uh, you can find Invitation to Mary at Sophia Press. My guess is probably on Amazon as well. Is that correct? Yes, it's on Amazon and other bookstores as well, yes. Okay, great. Well, I read the book, really, really appreciated it. And uh, before we get into kind of the meat and potatoes of the book, how is how did Mary play a role in, one, you becoming a priest, and then what is her role as you as a priest? Oh, thank you. Um, as you may know, if you read my little bio in the back of the book, uh, you know, I'm a later vocation and I was uh, an attorney for 12 years. I uh, didn't have plans to become a priest. I was planning on getting married and having a family. But I think Mary uh, had other plans for me. And um, I went through, a, uh, I guess you can call it a reconversion or a conversion going back into back to the church. You know, as, as many people, I went, you know, when I went off to college, I kind of drifted away from the church and focused on the things of the world. And, uh, and uh, but it was the the girls that I dated that kind of brought me back to the faith, and um, and then I uh, was start I started to pray because I I, um, I I was thinking about you know just just discerning my my life in general. I, I didn't know if I wanted to be a lawyer for the rest of my life, and uh, I prayed. And um, shortly after my prayer, a few several people asked me if I ever thought about the priesthood. And then when I looked into it, I, I was really drawn to the priesthood. And during my conversion, I felt Mary was really close to me. I really loved looking at her images. Uh, one of my girlfriends introduced me to the rosary. I mean, I, I knew about the rosary before, but I never really, you know, really prayed it. And I started praying the rosary every day. And uh, I, I, I would buy books about Mary and buy images of Mary, you know, statues and images. And I just felt her so close to me. Um, yeah, you, know, you can I'd almost say she. Um, I felt very um, that that she brought me to 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 Jesus, and and she 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 really fostered my vocation, and uh, so so yeah, I I truly believe Mary played a big part in my vocation, and in my priesthood as well. You know, I you know we 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 need all the help we can get, and um, and I feel Mary is very close to me in my priesthood, uh, just just guiding me and helping me. Uh, with everything, and I, I've entrusted my priesthood to her. I've consecrated myself to her, and uh, so I feel really close to our, our Blessed Mother, who who's there to, to to intercede for me and to guide me and to help me and 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 um, and to, um, to to make everything you know work out with my my ministry and apostolate and, and endeavors. Well, the beautiful part is it's a reminder to all of us. She's our mother too, right? And she wants to do what she's doing for you, and it continues to do for you. For us as well, isn't that right? Absolutely. You know, Jesus gave uh, his mother to to be our mother. It was um, on the cross. This was his last gift to us on the cross. 
And, um, and so, but once we embraced her, just like St. John, St. John took her into his home. And, um, you know, Pope Benedict said that, that this is take, taking her into your spiritual home, giving her free reign in your life, in your spiritual life, letting, letting her take over. And so we too should imitate St. John and, and take her into our home, into our heart, into our life, and just let her take over and she will, she will make everything work out. So the title of the book is The Imitation of Mary. Keys to Growth in Virtue and Grace. Um, did you take this from, you know, that great book, The Imitation of Christ by Thomas Kempis? You know what? I, I have to admit, I did not come up with the title. Oh, okay. Sophia Press picked that title. Uh, when I submitted the manuscript, I, I had a different title, and uh, they, they, they changed it to The Imitation of Mary, and, and I liked it instantly. Of course, you know, it brings to mind the, uh, the classic, The Imitation of Christ, and so, um, and so I, I like it, and I think a lot of people uh, like it as well. Yeah, well, I like the fact that, because, you know, I've read Imitation of Christ, and millions of people have, but, you know, when you read that and then read your book, you're thinking, that was Mary. Right when she when you're talking about the imitation of Christ, there was nobody who did it better than Mary, right? Right. Yeah, she is the perfect um, disciple. Uh, she's God's masterpiece. So um, yeah, shows um, to imitate Mary is to imitate Christ. There's no there's no contradiction. You know, ultimately, you know, Christ is our model. He he is the the most perfect. God, man, but uh, but Mary is the most perfect creature, and so uh, being a creature, uh, we we can you know Im- imitate Mary in, in order to imitate Christ. Well, and it's his mom, right? I mean, how many times you know you were talking about dating before you became a priest, right? You don't tick off the mother-in-law, potential mother-in-law, and then think everything's going to go smooth. So why wouldn't we treat Mary with the great reverence that we would treat anybody's mother, right? Absolutely. Jesus loves his mother, and he wants us to love her and honor her and respect her. And so, right, yeah, the, the way to Jesus' heart is, to, is through his mother, you can say, you know, to love Mary, to honor her. And the more we do that, the more we glorify God. Well, I really like the way you, you laid the book out, and, you, you know, you kind of start off with, uh, when you're talking about grace, you actually explain what grace is. Can you talk a little bit about grace and how when we receive grace, we actually have to do something? There has to be a response in us? Exactly. I mean, the definition of the Catechism says that. Um, so grace is a gift from God uh, that calls for a response in order for its fruits to, 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 to come to fruition. Uh, so he calls us to holiness, to share in his life and his love and, and his nature, um, but it requires a response on our part. It's a, it's a gift, it's an invitation, um, but in order for it to bear fruit, we have to do our part. And that's the part that I wanted to emphasize in the book, is that Mary used her free will and responded perfectly on, on every occasion. Um, you know, from the Annunciation, she said, yes, let it be done to me according to thy word. Uh, you know, the, the flight uh, into Egypt, uh, the cross, and the, the passion, and everything, she always said, yes, let it be done to me according to your will. And so, um, and, and she, she cultivated these uh, uh, qualities that, that are pleasing to God, humility, uh, faith, abandonment, uh, joy, gratitude, and, and so on. So um, these are the, um, the qualities that every disciple should cultivate. And, and, when, and when we try to do that, uh, God gives us even more graces, because He wants us to grow in holiness 
And when we respond positively, it, we, we gain more graces and, and we advance um, uh, quicker. Well, and the, the beauty of, you know, obviously, if we want to imitate uh, or find out how we should accept grace, how we should, you know, respond to grace, obviously, just look at the life of Mary. But, you know, sometimes everybody think, well, that's Mary, but she had a rough life. Right. I mean, she had, you know, we celebrate, you know, we have the seven sorrows of Mary, but she really had challenges. So it wasn't like, oh, this was the easiest thing in the world. She had to respond to this grace during very difficult times up until the point even watching her son be crucified. Uh, So grace enabled her to deal with those things as well. Right. Right. So, um, so she, yes, she'll, she, she's full of grace because of her, her responses, and she needed the grace to, to respond uh, perfectly. And she was challenged. You know, Mary suffered more than, probably more than all of us will ever suffer uh, tremendously. And, and we suffer because we sin, and, but Mary never sinned. And so, um, no, so she had to use the grace and, and use them well, use them perfectly, and, and, and gain more graces for herself. If you remember, there was a passage in the Bible where a woman called out to Jesus and said, you know, blessed is the womb that carried you, blessed are the breasts that fed you. And Jesus said to her, well, no, rather blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it. So in a way, he's saying his mother, Mary, is blessed, not so much because of her status as his mother per se, but that the fact that she hears the word of God and keeps, keeps it, and that she, she does God's will perfectly. And, um, yes, Mary was tried. We know about the seven sorrows of Mary. Um, you know, you can imagine, you know, the, the, the passion, um, and, and everything, uh, the, the, just everything. She, she suffered tremendously, yet she responded to God's will perfectly every time. Well, which is a great reminder to us because we live in a world now, right, where there's great discord. We have riots going on that are pretty regular. We have, contested elections, we have coronavirus, we have, you know, gender ideology, all kind of crazy stuff going on. But the reminder to us is Mary went through hard times. We have to go through hard times, but follow her to Jesus, accept the graces, respond to the graces, and we'll be able to deal with all the shenanigans that are going on, right? Exactly. Yeah. We, um, you know, Jesus says, without me, you can do nothing. Abide in me, remain in me. And, and you will bear much fruit. So that's the secret. You know, Mary ab- abide in Jesus, uh, remained in him, and she received the grace to, to, to do incredible things. And that, that's the secret of the saints. We, we don't rely on our own strength, but rely on God. And, and whatever he allows us to undergo, uh, he gives us the grace. You know, as you know, you know, St. Paul was given a thorn in the flesh, and three times he asked the Lord to take it away from him, and three times the Lord said, my grace is sufficient for you. And so that's what we need to remember. Whatever cross God allows us to endure, uh, he gives us the grace. And so the more we trust, the more we embrace our crosses, rather than to run away from them or deny them, the, the easier, the lighter they, they become. So this, so this time, we need to have a supernatural outlook. You know, for we need to uh, see things um, differently than a non-believer, than a non-Catholic, than a non-Christian. You know, we need to see that, yeah, God, this everything is under God's divine providence. Nothing happens without His permission, and if He allows it to happen, it's His intention to bring about a greater good. 
So we cooperate with God. Uh, we endure everything. And, 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 you know, we, we can see, sometimes we can even see the, the, the growth, the, the good that comes out of this too. And I, I see, um, I see elements of it already. You know, people have more faith. They, they pray more. They, they appreciate the, 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 the mass more, you know, and so on. And, um, and, 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 and so they, they grow in virtue, in patience, in perseverance, in faith, in charity, and, and so on. So, um, so yeah, let, let us remember, and the saints remind us, that everything is grace. Everything is grace, including suffering, trials, challenges. Everything is uh, given to us for our good. It's out of love for our greater good, for our sanctity and, and, and uh, salvation. Well, and I was just going to mention that. So how important, you know, we receive this grace, we need supernatural grace. How does that play into our salvation? And Mary obviously would want us, all right, she's the queen of heaven. She wants us to be with her in heaven, to be with her son. Uh, so she is that model. But how important is it to have and accept and to respond to the grace for our own salvation? It's it's very important. Um, it's, it's everything. Saint Augustine says, you know, God created us without us, but He will not save us without us. So God requires our cooperation. We have to want to be saved. We have to want want to be holy. Uh, we have to want to uh, merit more graces. Um, so this is where free will comes in. You know, God gives us free will. He doesn't force us to receive the gift. He doesn't force us to respond to the gift. He invites us. And the more we do that, the more we receive, the more we respond, uh, the more we persevere, the, the more we will flourish. Well, and, you know, we talked about, you know, how important grace is, and that we need to live lives of virtue. And really, you start the book with humility as the, as the first virtue you talk about, and then talk about the importance with Mary, right? Right. Um, so, the, um, so humility is really, really important. If we want to grow in the other virtues, we need to start with humility, because without humility, we're not going to be able to grow, to grow in grace or to grow in virtue. And um, you know, Jesus said to uh, uh, Saint Faustina, you know, the, the, there's one main vessel to to grace, and that it, um, um, he, he speaks about the importance of humility, um, and. Uh, and then he, he speaks about the danger of pride. He said, you know, I, I, I want to pour out many graces on, on, into in, your congregation, but I, I cannot do it because of its pride. So pride becomes an obstacle to grace. And God wants to lavish us with, with abundance of gifts, but he doesn't want them to go to our head. He doesn't want us to take credit for them. He doesn't want us to have a, a huge ego. He doesn't want to contribute to our sin. And so we need to be humble. And, um, and to be humble is to acknowledge our, our weaknesses, our, our sinfulness, our fallen nature, and our complete dependence on God. We also know that we're, we're completely capable of a lot of good things, but we need to give credit where credit is due, is that all these good things that we're capable of uh, come from God as gifts. You know, we, and so we don't take credit for them. We, we, we rejoice in them. We're grateful for them, and we use them for His glory and for the good of others. So when God sees a humble soul, someone who knows the truth, and that's what <clears throat> St. Um, Teresa of Avila says, is, is humility is truth, to know who we are and who God is. And we are nothing without him. 
So whatever good we can do, we, we know that they're God's gifts, so we don't take credit for them. We don't become prideful or arrogant, but we, we, we know that, yeah, they're, they're God's gifts, and I want to use them for His glory. I'm not, I'm not going to use them for my, my own glory. I'm not going to you know, try to bring attention to myself or, or feel better about myself, because I know they, they are God's gifts. So humility, when God sees a humble soul who knows um, the truth of, of who he or she is and who God is, then, then he just pours out even more graces upon them. Well, and we know that, you know, throughout any time you hear Mary, vir- the Virgin Mary mentioned in the Bible, I mean, humility is the first thing that comes to mind. But, you know, you have the wedding feast at Cana, Jesus's first public miracle, right? It starts his public ministry. And Mary says, do whatever he tells you, right? Yes. So, yeah, Mary is the epitome of humility. You know, we we know just from her own words, too. You know, she refers to herself as the lowly handmaid of the Lord, right? Somebody who's a slave, somebody who's a servant, somebody who's insignificant. And then she gives credit to God for everything. You know, from this day, all generations will call me blessed. The Almighty has done great things for me, and holy is His name. So she doesn't take credit for anything. So that's why, that's why God gives her so many graces. And then he, that, yeah, those are the last words of Mary in the Bible. Those are her last words to us. Do whatever he tells you. And that's, and that's basically, and that's Mary's life. Mary, you know, teaches, uh, she, she, yeah, she, uh, she, um, she, um, she, she does what, what she, she's teaching us is that her whole life, she did God's will. She did God's will, and that's what she's her her advice to us was: you do whatever He tells you. And so He put she so she points us to her son, right? Just follow Jesus. Just do what he, whatever He tells you, and everything will go out would would turn out right. Well, and then you know at the crucifixion, Jesus says, "Take Mary, your mother," talking to John, but really talking to us. You know, by not and you mentioned you know in the book later you know towards the end of the book by not accepting Mary we are rejecting Jesus's gift and his command right I mean if to not have Mary in our life it, it's hard to fathom how we could have any kind of relationship with Jesus when he's given us this conduit this guide this you know beautiful uh, example of how we should live our lives. Right. He knows how much we need her. And this is his last gift to us, his last command to us. Right. He said, behold your mother. St. John represents all of us. We're all beloved disciples. So that's what he's saying. This is my last gift to you. Before I die, I'm giving you my mother to be your mother. So behold her, accept her, love her, follow her. And uh, yeah, so so to to reject Mary and 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 unfortunately, many people do, many Christians do, and, and some Catholics as well. Um, it's really unfortunate. It's saying, no, thank you, Jesus. I'm not going to accept her. I don't want to, I don't want your mother. And so that's, that, again, you're, you're, uh, you're going against his wishes and you're refusing an, an important gift that's going to help us. And, and he knows how much help we need. He knows that we're weak, we're vulnerable, and we, we, we need a help of a mother, a mother figure, uh, a woman figure um, to, to, to help us, um, to guide us, to, to bring us to, to, to God and to heaven. And you also mentioned, right, and it's a reminder, I think you kind of know it intuitively, but all the saints were devoted to the Blessed Virgin Mary. So if we want to be a saint, and oh, by the way, we're supposed to be a saint if we're going to get to heaven, we better have a relationship with Mary, and all the saints have proven that this is this is the path right if you want to get to the sun go through mary 
Right, right, exactly. So we should, yeah, we should learn from the saints. They, they know what they're doing, <laughs> um, you know, obviously. So yes, all the saints are devoted to Mary. None of them rejected Mary. Uh, they all have different levels of devotion to Our Lady, but they, they were all devoted to her. They all love her. Uh, they all venerate her. And so that really should tell us something. Um, yeah, so there, you know, there's, there's a phrase I hear a lot, you know, why, why go to, uh, to Mary? Why go through Mary when, go to, when we can go to Jesus directly? I would ask it the other way, you know, why try to go to God directly when you can go through Mary? Because she is a powerful intercessor. She's given a powerful and important role in God's plan of salvation. God wants her to um, participate, to help us um, in, our, in our spiritual life, in our journey to heaven. So, um, and so it's, it's so much more powerful to go through Mary. We need all the help we can get, right? Jeff, you, I'm sure you, you ask people to pray for you all the time, right? Absolutely. And, I need uh, all the help I can get, as you just mentioned. <laughs> Right, we do. And I, I ask people to pray for me, too. And so why not ask Mary to pray for us? I mean, she is the one who is really closest to the Holy Trinity. And so, I mean, I can ask God, but if Mary can ask God on your behalf, man, that is even more powerful. She's She is connected. She's in the inner circle, and um, <clears throat> she's always pleasing to God. So if she's interceding for us with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, oh, we know that, uh, you know, uh, Jesus cannot deny her. So, um, no, we, we should turn to Mary, and we will see um, that she will um, give, give us so many graces. You know, I always like, I, I liken it to a bridge over a river, and Mary's the bridge, and Jesus says, hey, take the bridge, and you're like, no, I think I'm going to swim. You might make it across, wait, with all the sharks, alligator, whatever's in the water, but Jesus already gave us the path. Why would we try to come up with our own? Exactly. You know, that's that's pride. That's arrogance. <laughs> we, we think we can do it on our own. And, uh, um, yeah, and, and that's the thing. You know, God doesn't impose Mary upon us, and Mary doesn't want to impose herself upon us. If we don't want her help, she's not going to help us. She's going to back off. Um, but if we turn to her and, 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 and plead with her and ask her help, man, and just give her free reign in our lives, you will see that she will do incredible things. Yeah, and you talk about the importance of the sacraments and even remind us all, right, Mary would have received Jesus in the Eucharist because she lived with John, right? Right, absolutely. We know from the Acts of the Apostles that uh, the early disciples broke bread, which is they celebrated the Eucharist. And St. John, you know, and following the commandments of Jesus at the Last Supper, you know, do this in memory of me. He, he probably, cel- you know, living with Mary, he, he probably celebrated Mass uh, frequently, um, maybe even daily, uh, at least uh, weekly for sure. And we know that Mary, you know, living with St. John would receive the Eucharist often. Uh, frequently, and we can just imagine her disposition uh, during the Eucharist. You know, listening to the Word of God, being attentive, absorbing, allowing the Word of God to sink into her and to and to change her, and then receiving the body and blood of Christ. How she would be filled with faith, reverence, gratitude, and love. And the the, the Catechism tells us that the uh, the fruits of the sacraments depends in part on the disposition of the receiver. So in a way, we can receive more graces if we have a better disposition um, when we receive the sacraments than if we were, you know, inattentive or distracted or or uh, ungrateful. 
So, yeah, imitating Mary, receiving the sacraments frequently and with a proper disposition, we we will really uh, flourish in grace. Well, and at the end of the book, I thought you did a really good job of talking about, uh, you know, seven ways to kind of cultivate a deep relationship with the Blessed Mother. But then you also had 12 steps of growing in virtue and grace. How'd you come up with just 12? Well, it, it wasn't easy, Jeff. I actually, <laughs> I actually had like thirty-six, something like that. But, but I know that no publisher would uh, would publish that, and I don't, I don't, and I, you know, I that would take a lifetime to write. So I, I combined and narrowed it down to twelve. And as you may know, you know, the number twelve has uh, biblical significance. It means complete. It means perfection, and and so on. So, and so I kind of narrowed it down to twelve. But even within each chapter, as you know, Jeff, it's it's very uh, multifaceted. You know, humility. I speak about different uh, different yep. aspects of that. Under under union, I different. Yeah, you know, I, I speak about different things under union as well. You know, recollection, prayer. And, and, and different things. So, um, so yes. Yeah, so, so I picked twelve, which is I think is a, is a, a, um, a perfect number, and, uh, and some something digestible. You know, something that's manageable as well. Not too, not too little, but not too, not too much. And uh, so, yeah, twelve, twelve qualities of Mary. I picked the, maybe you can say the top twelve, twelve what, the top twelve ways to imitate Mary to grow in holiness. Well, and and again, and then you had you know seven ways to cultivate a relationship with the Blessed Mother. I'm sure seven wasn't an accident either, right? You know what? Um, um, it just, um, I mean, I'm, I'm glad. Yeah, the, the number seven, you know, is, is also very significant as well. But yeah, I, I just kind of came up, and it just, just seemed, yeah, it just, I think it's divine providence that it, that uh, that it just happened to be seven, um, and and I and I wasn't gonna, I wasn't gonna fight that. Um, no, because then you'd have to bop up the twelve or something again, right? So seven, seven worked out great when you got to it. Yes, yes, perfectly. Yes. You know, and, you know, we have about a minute to go before the interview ends, but, uh, you know, a 30-minute interview can't do this book justice in terms of just kind of a guide uh, that someone should be reading, especially at this time in our world, and to remember how important having a relationship with the Virgin Mary is because, you know, the Lord basically gave her to us for this purpose, right? Not only to be a model, but to lead and to guide us and to walk with us. I mean, she she's our mom. So, again, how can people how can people get this book, Father? And and they need to get this book. Yes, I think it's so so important. You know, Jesus wants to renew His church, and it's through people like you and me, and 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 it's it's through imitating Mary to grow in holiness. You know, we we need more holiness. We need more grace. We need more goodness in our world, as you know, because there's so much evil, so much sin, so much conflict. And so Jesus is de- depending on us, and now it's our time to respond. So 2021 is a new year, and let us, you know, let us pick up this book, imitate our Blessed Mother, and start growing in holiness and, and start building up our church, starting with us, our families, our friends, our, our, our workplace, and our parishes. <laughs> 